UX Podcast Episode 159. You're listening to UX Podcast, coming to you from Stockholm, Sweden. We are your hosts, James Royal Lawson and Pat Axbom. And we have listeners in 168 countries from Taiwan to Costa Rica. Awesome. And today we are bringing you our interview with the infamous Mike Montero, who gave an immensely appreciated talk recently at From Business to Buttons here in Stockholm. And the interview is recorded on location right after his talk. Uh, Mike, I think, is known for his outspokenness and intense presence on stage, where he always has audiences on the edge of their seats. But he's also stubborn, like it says on the Mule Design website, where he happens to be the design director and owner. It says, we're stubborn because we want to do good work. We design things that help people, and we teach other people how to design those things as well. And I think this sums up, uh, sums up Mike's philosophy very well and his insistence that we all recognize how design impacts society and our everyday life. A lot of people that that we interact with in the design world online, such as Twitter, um, have become noticeably more politically active since the at least since the American general election, including Mike himself. Um, and he started his talk here in Stockholm by asking the question, "Do you want to talk about design or politics?" So sit back and get ready for a little bit of both. <laughs> No matter what you're designing, there's politics, right? Because you have to, like, what are you working on? Who are you doing it for? What are they trying to get out of it? What are their motivations? Who are they, you know, who's going to benefit from this thing you're making? How is that not a political decision? Mm. Yeah, it always is. And democracy, uh, historically, not very democratic, really. Until maybe getting closer in the past 50 years, I think. More and more people are able to actually vote? Not, that's not true in America. We got less people. I mean, the government is trying to make it harder to vote. That's by design. Yeah. That's a design choice. I was actually blown away. I heard that people who have been to prison aren't allowed to vote even after they come out. Oh, yeah. Felons yeah. aren't... Uh, not just been to prison, but uh, people have been convicted of a felony. I think yeah. this is in most states. Oh, they lose it. They lose it. For, for the life. rest of their life, yeah. Yeah. Oh, right, because I know in the UK mm -hmm. they lose it while they're in prison. Mm -hmm. But um, when they come while out... While they're in prison. Yeah. But when they come out, they can then vote. Okay, That's yeah. in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are doing great, by the way. The whole Brexit thing. <laughs> the good, whole Brexit thing. I, I got, good job. I, I got reminded today on Facebook that five years ago I became Swedish, which, mm. which has made me a little bit calm, a little bit calmer about uh -huh. Brexit because it doesn't mm. impact me directly <laughs> just now. <laughs> I, but, love, um, I love how you think it's not going to impact no, you no, in Sweden. Well, it will impact me. If I didn't, if I wasn't Swedish and I was just British, it would impact me in a different way, quickly. Brexit, uh, Brexit, and Trump were like were like a, a shit where you were like two turds came out. Mm -hmm. uh, well, we've got we've got quite a big turd on its way out here in Sweden yeah. as well, um, which we've got an election next year. What's yeah. the, um, so? What's going on in Sweden? Uh, the rise of the right, I suppose, is a, uh -huh. is a quick way of summarizing it. That, that's. Um, the, the the fascist party is um, is now up to twenty five percent of the polls. Yeah, second second biggest party second biggest party now in Sweden. So who who are voting for these people or who are supporting these people? 
I'm gonna now I'm gonna go out on a limb and say my understanding of it is it's Sweden's massive. It's a big country. Okay. It's not as big as the US, but European wise, it's like the fifth biggest in the whole continent, yeah. um, land mass wise. Exactly. Um, and we've got a f- only 10 million people that live here, but uh-huh. um, the bulk of those. What, seven million? Six million? Yeah. Don't live in cities. They live in the countryside. Yeah. They live uh, really quite remotely. So yeah, so this it's the same it's the same thing in America. People who have never met a Muslim are scared of them. Mm-hmm. And they're you know, they're the ones who, who who buy into Trump's bullshit about, you know, all the fear mongering and, and stuff like that. Meanwhile, people who live in cities who, you know, meet Muslims every day are like, What's wrong with you people? They're fine. These are their friends. These are their coworkers. They're not like some scary other thing that they've never actually met. Their only interaction with a Muslim person is the crap that they hear on Fox News. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're having a rough time economically, which is true. I mean, that part's true. And and they're looking for somebody to blame because it's much easier to blame somebody else than to blame yourself. And I'm not saying that it's, you know, that that they're at fault either for their own economic situation. I'm just, I mean, it's a lot more complex than saying, oh, the immigrants are stealing our jobs. Mm-hmm. Time and time again, data has shown that immigrants come into countries and create jobs. The first generation of immigrants does all the jobs that mm-hmm. you don't want to do, and then yeah. the second generation of immigrants, mm-hmm. they're entrepreneurs. I'm, I'm a second-generation immigrant, and I started a company. I didn't take anybody's job. Mm-hmm. I started my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the same time, well, they're arguing that, yeah, these people come and take our jobs. And all they, all they do is live on welfare, so I don't see how those two things compute at the same time. But mm. Robots are taking your jobs, not mm-hmm. immigrants. Probably, yes. I, f- I found myself more and more this last few, well, since probably the autumn, that I've been kind of like wishing for Skynet to come quicker. Because I think it'd do a damn sight better job than we're doing in right? the aspects mm-hmm. just now. Which is a bit of scary. I mean, that self-reflection of realizing I'm saying that and I'm kind mm-hmm. of not really joking mm-hmm. the same way as I maybe would have done a while ago mm-hmm. is, is actually quite awful. But well, what part of this fear of foreigners is then by design, do you think? All of it. I mean, people are generally scared of what they don't know. Mm-hmm. That's just human nature. But stoking those fears in order to, to win a political campaign. Mm. I mean, that's, on, that's by design. That's on purpose. I mean, he ran the most racist campaign that I've ever seen in the United States. Mm. He started out, like, his, his, opening, his opening volley, the first thing he said when he decided to run for president was that all Mexicans were rapists. That's, that's where he started, and he went downhill from there. I can't see where there's a downhill from there, but he found it. Mm. He managed to get worse from there. We're barring people from entering the country from, from Arab nations, unless he has business in those Arab nations, by the way. And, you know, at, he'll, he'll at the same time say it's not a Muslim ban and then turn around. Like, he'll tell the media it's not a Muslim ban and then he'll turn around to his followers and say, hey, Muslim ban. Mm-hmm. You know, the media is complicit in this because, because they, you know, they didn't call bullshit on him. He was great for ratings. Yeah. I mean, you've got a gigantic racist clown running for president. Turns out people really want to watch a gigantic racist clown on TV. So they kept giving him airtime and they kept, you know, they, they kept spreading his message and, and people ate it up. Think about the, well, the ethical side of all this for us. I mean, how we come into design, it's designed, the situation is designed. Yeah. Um, and there are, in your talk today, you were talking about how well, you know, 
there is designers behind all these things, whether mm. you're taking racial profiling or how exit strategies for getting immigrants out of the country. Someone is designing this flow, right. this scheme. So, so where I turned it into like a practical design thing, if you will, is you know, look at the stuff that, that we're spending our time on. Look at the things that we're making. We've got people who you know, spend their careers working for like startups or stupid, idiotic, big brands, never thinking about what kind of impact their work has on the world. Like people, you know, look at Airbnb. Look at the amount of evictions that Airbnb has caused around the world. Or especially, I mean, I can speak specifically to San Francisco. We've seen so many people get evicted from their homes because landlords realize that they can make a ton more money right. Airbnb their apartments yeah. than you know having somebody in there yeah. and I mean is this Airbnb's goal no of course not I think they actually I, I think they have they had a, a you know a pretty good goal an interesting goal like there's nothing unethical about what they were wanted to do as a business you have to look at the impact mm. and maybe nobody could have seen that impact coming because this was such a weird new thing. But once you see it happening, you're responsible for doing something about it. And instead, like, they went the other way. Like, they, were, they did an idiotic campaign a couple years ago when, you know, San Francisco passed a law that they actually had to pay hotel taxes. And they ran a ridiculously angry, passive-aggressive bullshit campaign on you know San Francisco bus shelters and stuff like you know good luck spending that money you got from us hope you can use it to keep library your libraries open later if what you're doing ends up causing harm to people especially the people who are like the most you know society's most fragile people and you keep doing it and you double down on it like maybe you didn't mean to be an asshole like maybe you know let's be an asshole to society wasn't part of your original business plan. Mm. But once you realize that that's what happened, you gotta do something about it. Like you have to change. And they're not. And Uber is, yeah. I mean, mm. Jesus Christ. I've, you know, I think Uber would open concentration camps if it could. They're the most evil motherfuckers on the planet. I think they look for evil things to do. And, you know, if you look at what they're, you know, trying to do, they're just trying to, like, couple up people who need rides with people who have cars. Mm -hmm. there's, an, there's an ethical way to do that. And they shamelessly choose the other way every single mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Every single time. I mean, you do it, you know, once or twice, you make a bad decision, you know, I could say, yeah, maybe they're, they're learning. Maybe they're, they're having some growing pains. But my God, when you do, like, every other day, something horrible that they do comes out. You can only give people the benefit of the doubt for so long. It's almost like it's contagious as well, because just the other day, uh, the story came out with Slice and Unreal Slice. Me selling data to Uber. And I, I saw... Actually, Unreal Me's former CEO talking, well, it's, it's, it's free will. People didn't have to sign up and agree to the terms yeah, and conditions. Yeah, people didn't have yeah. to get on the trains mm -hmm. to the camps. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
No, and yeah, and with yeah. Unroll Me, that, that, that was posted. I mean, that was pushed as a marketed as a as a good service. Yeah. This is going to help you. Mm. The way it was framed in a way which is, you know, this will free your inbox of mm. of of all this kind of rubbish and stuff, and then buried mm. unethically mm. deep down was well, the real way, real, well, the way we're going to make money mm. out of you all is by basically jumping yeah. in bed with Uber and selling them lots yeah. of personal data and keeping your email uh, allegedly on mm. S3 service unencrypted forever. And I hear this counter-argument all the time that, yeah, well, people, it's their free will. They have the option to agree to it or not, but they're not aware. It's the same as with Facebook. You know, they're not aware that they're You know, we this. need to aim a little mm. bit higher mm. than things could have been worse. Mm. I, I think at this point in time, like, we should be aiming to, to do right by people, not just to, to be able to say, well, my ass is covered on this. It's their fault. It's their fault for signing up. You know that's weak. You know that's weak. Mm -hmm. They know it's weak. If you follow the money on all of this shit, you end up at, at the venture capital culture that all of these things, I mean, these are all venture capital-backed companies. They take VC money, and then once you take VC money, you need to grow at a certain pace. You need to, you know, you need to grow exponentially every year. So all of a sudden, this, you know, this little... Uh, peer-to-peer -peer hotel thing that you had going on, which was working pretty well and everybody enjoyed it and you had like a, a company culture, ethical and all that shit, all of a sudden it needs to grow by, by like a thousand percent in the next year. So now you, you, you can no longer make sure that, that all of the places being rented on your site are, are, are good. You can no longer make sure that all of your hosts are decent people. So things slip. Quality slips. We do talk about quality slipping a lot, but what we don't talk about is ethics slipping. The ethics mm. of the company mm. like mm. start slipping very quickly along with the quality. So all of a sudden, where when your business started, you had like an intimate relationship with with all of your hosts who you know were renting out their houses. Now you need, and where you previously had maybe a hundred places for rent, well now you need ten thousand. And you're not going to check up on all of those people. You're not going to make sure that, that, that those people are, are like renting safe places. I've, I've read articles about people dying because, uh, or, well, one person in particular, I read an article about somebody who died in, a, in a, uh, an Airbnb rental because it was unsafe. Now, Airbnb didn't know that when, when it got listed on their site. But they're also not looking. So there is a sort of a call to arms to designers out there that I mean, if you do right or get out of there if you realize that the company you're working for is right not doing the right thing. And and I mean, if you take a look at like Silicon Valley's design teams, they're like 95% white boys, hmm. and that's how you end up with a design team at Uber who you know doesn't think about dealing with abuse when somebody gets into a car. Like, what does a passenger do when, when, a, when a driver turns out to be abusive? There's nothing in the app about that. What do you do? You know, look how long it took Twitter. Well, it's still taking them all. They still haven't dealt with it. Mm -hmm. Twitter is still dealing with, with abuse and, and just bullshit. And, mm -hmm. and their site is awash with Nazis. Mm -hmm. And the problem was that they never designed a system for dealing with this stuff. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, they're overrun. Yeah. Facebook's the same problem. But yeah. they've... They don't well, take things well, down as quick as we think they should take things Facebook's down. Facebook's just a nest of snuck. Can you say that in, on Swedish podcasts? You can. You can. Okay, great. <laughs> if you take mm. a look at the teams that built all of this stuff, 
Like nobody on the Twitter team has ever been harassed or abused online. None of them have ever been stalked by somebody in real life. None of them had ever, ever had to deal with that. None of them have ever had to block somebody from seeing all of their online activity because, you know, they were, they were an angry, ab abusive ex. They don't think about it. Yeah. I don't think about it when I'm designing. Mm. That's why I make sure that my team, you know, that, every, that, that my team has, has, is, is as diverse as possible. Mm -hmm. So that they're so that they're bringing their experience into things and and telling me about things that I don't know about. You know, we talk about empathy all the time, but empathy is is kind of a bullshit word, right? Well, we don't need empathy. We need inclusion. We need to include people, not not feel for them. If you want to feel for people, give them a paycheck <laughs> and include them in the decision making. Yeah. I mean, how many white boys from Stanford are sitting around a table right now thinking like, well, what, how will women feel about this? Get some fucking women at the table. Mm. Well, no, you're right. Designers, designers mm. as, as an in, entire thing, I mean, we're, we're already, you know, light years higher up in the food chain, you could say, than, than many other groups and such things. So we're, we're, we're excluding, we're exclusive from the, the, the foundations of us. Well, here's, here's, the, here's the problem. So you go to your doctor, right? You guys got doctors, you go to the doctor. You expect your doctor to, to behave a certain way. You expect your doctor to behave with a certain set of ethics. You take your car to a mechanic, you expect your mechanic to behave ethically too. Like your mechanic's not gonna cut your brakes. Your mechanic's not gonna let you leave with like a, a broken engine block. And if they do, or, or like a lawyer, like your lawyer has to behave in a certain way. And if your lawyer, you know, breaks the law or your doctor breaks the law, what happens? If any of these professions behave unethically, what happens? Repercussions. Well, they're, they're, they're what liable. are the repercussions? Yeah. They're liable for, for those. Well, they lose their jobs. Or they'll be, they'll be they barred, lose, they'll be excluded. Yeah. They lose their license. Yeah. Yeah. And they can no mm -hmm. longer practice mm -hmm. what they do. Mm -hmm. All right, mm -hmm. now if a designer behaves ethically, unethically, what happens to that designer? Well, they probably get rewarded because they've done what was asked of them. You're probably right. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing negative, nothing. Mm -hmm. A designer who spends their career behaving unethically, even if they get caught time after time after time, there's absolutely no repercussions from it. Mm. And there's no reper I mean, there's no, there's like no design body, you know, like with law, I, I assume you have like a legal design body here for lawyers who, you know, if, if a lawyer is behaving unethically, they go in front of a, I mean, in the yeah, US, you, yeah. would, you would get in front of the, the bar association mm. and they would say, no, no, give me your license. You're out of here. Mm. And that's it. That person can't be a lawyer anymore. Like, wouldn't it be great if there was like an organization like that for designers? Where, you know, if, if, if I caught you, James, if I, if I caught you like not, not being, you know, ethically sound doing your design work, you got called in front of the board and, said, and like, James, explain yourself. And if you couldn't explain yourself, be like, James, get out of here. You've mm. lost your design license. Mm. You can't design anymore. Yeah. I think it sounds, I think it's becoming, it sounds more and more appealing. <laughs> it does, actually. We, at one point, we designed like posters and books and flyers and you know then little brochure websites and you know then we got into e-commerce and shit like that and yeah that was still fine but 
that's what we were making and that's you know that's what we were designing and now we're design more and more we're designing like you know stuff in the social sphere stuff that uh deals with interpersonal relationships really complex shit we're designing you know like 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 logic boards for for self-driving cars and like like who's figuring out the ethics for self-driving cars Google actually hired an entire giant team mm -hmm. to figure that out, which is great. They're thinking about it. Yeah. Because when we're driving around, we have to, we make those calls. Like your you know, you know the 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 uh uh the, the trolley story, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? What's the the trolley story for self-driving cars? You got to build that into the software. Mm -hmm. So they're actually working on that stuff. But more, I mean, this is the kind of shit that designers are doing now. And you, you, you can't, you can no longer just like, like grab people who, who aren't concerned about the bigger picture of what they're designing and say, okay, great, you're my design director because you've got like good visual design taste. It's, it's bigger than that now. We've, I think we've very rapidly gone from a, a, a digital design world, a tech design world, where our, the things we created touched a relatively small number of people mm. to a world where potentially the things we create will reach a proportion, a sizable proportion of the world's population. Yeah. And that's a, that's a massive change in responsibility. Yeah, and if, you know, when I first started this career, like if you made a mistake, like you would have to you would have to eat a press run or something. Like, oh, there's a typo in this thing I printed. I gotta eat that press run. Now if you make a mistake, people die. Okay, so the, there's both some, some really scary stuff in here and there's some really good stuff, that, what Mike is saying, and, and there are some really good insights. Uh, I do like that he's acknowledging that you don't necessarily start out unethically. You can, the outcome of what you do can turn out to be unethical and then you can decide sort of well how am i going to deal with that how am i going to uh, recognize that something has become unethical and how will i steer my company or organization otherwise because i mean he is acknowledging everybody makes mistakes and not, not everybody's perfect C companies are trying uh, the business ideas are okay uh, and sometimes people get hurt and then you, well, what, you are, what are you going to do when people get hurt well also you don't you don't mm. um you don't have mm. all information at all times. Yeah. So 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 you can make you can make a decision that that with what you know at the time mm. is feels okay. Then information comes to you that actually m puts that in an unethical light. Exactly. That's no. Mm. Oh, that's that is actually a, a, mm. a reasonably natural occurrence. And uh, and the thing is, you always have to be open uh, to learn that something is perhaps perceived as unethical by others mm. and be able to, to respond to that. Uh, but the thing is then that, so what are we as designers doing to make sure that we are responsible for the work that we put or we are putting out? Because in essence, we're not responsible. We're not held accountable uh, for the stuff we do. Having worked in health services now for many years, I've been doing risk analysis uh, at a scale I've never done before in my career. And and some of these are uh, the risk is that people die. Mm. So what do we have to do to counter that people die? In our reduce that risk to a level reduce, that's acceptable. Exactly, reduce that risk uh, in our web interface. Mm. Uh, we have to add friction, and it's, this is sort of where I got into the whole adding friction thing, so that people have time to think about what they're doing. 
But the thing is, if when people do get hurt, people within the medical profession, uh, medical practitioners, they are always held accountable. Mm. But the reason for someone getting hurt could be a design issue, something that a designer didn't think about or something that a designer did think about but didn't have time to fix. Yeah. And and that's that's a really bad case, but nobody's going to go back to see, well, who designed this system? We're going to take them to court for, for designing it in a way that all these people got hurt. And on a scale, when we're scaling this to include, I mean, everything is becoming digital, even health services. Mm-hmm. So it's becoming hugely important for designers to consider what impact will this have if thousands, even millions of people are using this service? Mm-hmm. I, this is, I've, I've found myself um, more and more reflecting on the the, the idea of, of of licensing or registering of, of designers. I mean, we've mm. we've joked for years that people should have computer licenses. I mean, remember that right, goes yeah. back decades yeah. now that we say you should have a you should have a license before you're allowed to use a PC or whatever. Yeah. And you even have that sort of thing I mean, in Sweden. Exactly, like there was yeah <laughs> computer license. Yeah, but <laughs> but no, but more, more seriously, that um, Mike mentioned the fact that in 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 the law, well, in, in within law. Um, you have the bar, or, you, or rather, every single, almost every single country has mm. um, a, a, a licensing process for being able to practice law. Yeah. You either have to, you um, you have to be um, registered, or have a minimum qualification to to be allowed to use a certain title or do a certain job. Same thing with medical licenses. Mm. You can't just go around saying you're a doctor, yeah, and pra- a medical mm. a medical doctor. You have to mm. have a license to practice mm. being a medical doctor. Mm. Um, architects. Yeah, that's in a lot of countries. That's also mm. regulated, and the, the thing that connects these together is there. There are generally industries that have a of a, um, a a high level of impact on people. Mm. Um, you know, if a doctor messes up their job, give the wrong. Doctor, I mean, mm. people get hurt. Um, if your architect builds, a, you know, designs a house badly, people can get hurt. Mm. Um, the same same goes. Um, for 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 lawyers, I mean, if mm. you have bad l- legal representation, mm. then you can go to jail, exactly unnecessarily. Yeah. Yeah. It's an important mm. part aspect mm. of the system mm. that people are good at holding up the system. Mm. Um, where we we in our industry, we don't have that kind of regulative body mm. or that kind of stamp of approval. I mean, me and you, um, we haven't we haven't been educated as designers. No, exactly. Um, you know, we we could you could argue if we mm. were doctors, we'd mm. be unlicensed doctors. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, <laughs> so thank you, everyone. Goodbye. We're we're out of business now. Um, no, but 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 that just gives an example of how how, yeah. how much goes on in our industry mm. that is is very very unregulated. Mm. And I kind of I like the fact that mm, self-taught people exist in our industry because it's such a young industry mm. and it's so it's so new still. Mm. But at the same time, things are making me feel more and more that. I can when you talk about people can die if you if you make bad design decisions. Mm. Mike talks about um, the the political implications mm. of 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 using things that we've designed unethically, mm. and the scale of which mm. the internet and what we've created has has grown to. It's it's mm. a worldwide phenomenon. It's it's you know, billions of people mm. use technology web stuff daily now exactly it's, it's, it's the scale is is daunting because i mean if we were designing interf- uh, websites in the late 90s this is not 1996 anymore exactly um you, you know, sort of knew what who you were designing for because there weren't that many people even using the internet yeah i mean when i was when i was designing <laughs> kind of pages on my yeah, bulletin board in yeah. 1986 mm. there was 20,000 mm. people with modems in the uk mm. 
Um, you know, mm. it was, the, the world mm. was tiny. Mm. It's not so tiny anymore. But there's, there's, there's two aspects, there's two sides to this. We've got the, we've got the, um, the licensing aspect mm. for individual designers, mm. but then you've got the, um, the, the stamp of approval for, mm. for the digital things that we create. Exactly. You can't buy a car that hasn't been mm. crash tested to oblivion mm. and, and, and kind of thoroughly checked mm. and approved for sale. Um, you can't buy kids' toys in Europe without kind of a CE mark on it. Unless you buy them directly from China, yeah. But you know, there's this, there's a lot of industries with regulation. You can't, but you can't take medicine here that hasn't been approved. Mm. Um, I know there's all kinds of uh, when you look into mm. the American medicine medicine world, there's all mm. kinds of different things going on. But, but at least in Europe, we have a very clear set mm. of regulations of what can be right. used and, and how, the reason, how it's been tested first before coming to. Humans. And the reason we're actually doing these risk analyses for this particular tool, web tool we're building is because there are regulation and it's classified mm. as an NMI, as a National Medical Information System. Yeah. So there are rules applying to that and that affects the design. Yeah. So those sort of rules and that governing body or federation needs to happen for that stamp of approval. Mm. But I, I, I How do we feels, get there? Exactly. It feels like we need to, yeah. we, it needs to be a kind of more a holistic view mm. on this. Mm. Um, like you can still, you can do stuff, you can release stuff without that kind of mm. CE mark. It's yeah. like you don't need to do usability testing. Mm. You don't need to do mm. some kind of security analysis mm. or even risk analysis. Mm. You can put a product out there that is potentially, I think like Craig Sullivan says to us um, in episode 157, yeah. um, he said, if we built websites like, if we built um, cars like we built websites, people would die mm. and he's completely true yeah and it's happening and it's it is, most certainly happening it is happening yeah um but it's we it, maybe it's not happening enough yet but the same t- but the yeah. same time it's not we're not just talking yeah. about you know body count mm. we're now talking about mm. well we've we've got a, a president in america now mm. that possibly has happened because of design design decisions that designers mm. have made Mike would argue that he most certainly has happened. I've been a his. bit more political in my answer now, but <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. It's, that path was not mm. a natural path. Mm. It was it was helped because mm. of designers. Yeah, and our our increasing understanding of how the mind works and how habits work and how people work and the way that we're exploiting mm. them. Exactly. <laughs> Go out and buy yourself a donut or something and cheer yourself up. Um, <laughs> it's, the future's not all black. There's mm. some really good things we can we can make a difference with this and. Uh, um, and but as we've been saying, it's really good that we're talking yeah. about it. We are becoming yeah. more aware. It's a young industry. We are perhaps now realizing that we need this governing body for certain types of of, of products that we produce. Not not mm. just mm. not just regulations for like accessibility, which is good in itself. Mm. But the, the, how far we've come so mm. far with with legislation yeah. is is it's like saying, well, you know, the thread on your tires has to be so many millimeters deep. Mm. We're on that kind of level. We're not saying this is a safe car. Thank you very much for listening today. Um, if you aren't already a subscriber, then please just click now and, and add us or pull over first and, and click th- and add us. Um, the show notes to this um, episode and an archive of every single show that we've ever made is available on uxpodcast.com. There are quite a few now. Remember to keep moving. See you on the other side. there cash cash who nah thanks i like peanuts
I love it when it takes me two seconds to realize what you're saying. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> it doesn't make you look stupid at all.